did you did you see my accessory? Your COVID vaccine accessory? That's right. I got my first dose today. Yay! Um, so Jealous. almost so basically a year, almost mm-hmm. a year after we went into lockdown. Well, you're getting yours tomorrow, tomorrow right? Tomorrow, yeah. So I'm just like. I don't, guys, I'm sure that you listeners who have, you know, I'm sure you all are feeling this if you've got the vaccine and your friends are starting to get it. But Sarah and I basically would watch movies together every week. So we Mm -hmm. do two shows. We do this show, the Adam and Andy podcast, and we do the Feminine Mistake podcast. So we're watching three movies a month just for this podcast now. We're watching these podcasts, but we're watching them separately. And that's just not Sarah. We never finished Barry. We never even finished watching Barry. We know it's like what what Bill Hader thirst podcast could have been. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'm just really thrilled that that you and I are both getting the vaccine this week. And that means that it won't be too long before we can sit together and watch a movie and just be together. And like, I'm glad that we've been able to keep up the show over Zoom. And I actually really like recording over Zencaster. And I think that I think we'll continue to do that because it's just so easy. Yeah. But I want to watch the movies with you. Like I want to turn yeah. to you and make a face. And I want you to give me that, you know, that knowing that knowing smile that you have. <laughs> There's the one. <laughs> and for, now we didn't watch Black Klansmen together, so this—I uh, guess I should introduce the show, right? This is not a show hey, about vaccines, but up? it feels like it is right this second because I'm just yeah. so elated with the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you know, it feels like yeah, we probably can watch stuff in May. Because, I know we can start watching stuff in May. My dad had his vaccine appointment today, and his next appointment is April fifteenth. Mine think? is April fifteenth as well. Yeah. And so two weeks, and so if I the same thing happens with me, then like two weeks after April sixteenth is like May. So I know, so we could be watching movies together starting in May. I'm so excited. The kids have missed you. They'll be excited to see oh you. Oh my gosh! Um, welcome to the Adam and Andy podcast. Welcome. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And we're just super excited at the idea of maybe watching movies together finally. Yeah. Um, so today's movie is Black Klansman, mm-hmm. which is a Spike film Lee. Spike Lee, which is a film that we watched together in the before when it times. Came out or we didn't see it in the theater. No, we watched but it, was it like the year it came out. Yes. I think the year it was like up for awards. Yes, we were watching. You and I were watching, trying to watch all the Oscar movies that year. Mm-hmm. We didn't watch we did, Green we didn't Book. Succeed. Well, we, we didn't watch succeed. Green Book because fuck we that didn't. movie. No, like fuck that fuck movie a hundred ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they would select that movie and yeah. it was made mm-hmm. by white filmmakers and this movie was made by a black fil- filmmaker. I mean. Yeah, it's on my list of things to discuss. That's <laughs> okay. for sure. Uh, but yes, your outrage is well placed. Uh, and I agree. Um, I think that watching this movie again just uh, demonstrated to me again its brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard in ways to watch after what ha- in the last two days, what happened in Atlanta, where eight, um, eight people were killed, uh, Asian people were killed in a hate crime that the law enforcement is, is not willing to even call a hate crime. So a 
a white supremacist who was who hate obviously hated women and uh Asian people mm-hmm. uh, murdered eight people and uh as usual is being portrayed sympathetically mm-hmm. <laughs> by the yeah. press and by law enforcement and it's disgusting and so to, for that to happen I had watched Sarah and I were talking about this off mic but I actually watched this in two parts uh I watched the first half on Tuesday and then the second half on Wednesday and uh and so this all happened kind of in the middle of that and so it was uh, it gave me a lot to think about during uh, and I'll I'll have I'll want, I'm going to reflect on that during our actual discussion of the movie. But I just wanted to put that out there that watching this again was just as impactful the first time. And this movie should have won Best Picture mm-hmm. among many other different Best awards. Director. Best director. Um, although didn't. Uh, it won best adapted screenplay. Right, but didn't um gosh. Why is that ma- movie escaping me? It's Roma? It, yeah, Roma won for best director, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm not mad about that. I mean, I think Spike Lee that film was great and this film was great and those are two films that I saw that were really important. I'm not upset in any way about about Roma getting best director. But Green Book getting best picture over this is a fucking crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a fucking crime um anyway we'll get into that i've got some thoughts about that when we get into the movie um now before we get into black Klansmen, i have some adam and andy news do you want to go through the adam and andy news okay let's do that all right uh so i feel like let's start with i actually have some visual aids today oh i have some visual aids let me make sure i have my my av up i do I thought it would be fun to have some visual aids today. And I think you know okay. why. Because uh, why- Gucci. Gucci has taken over my life. Uh, we'll get oh, there in oh, a second. Gucci. Let's start with Andy. Okay, let's start with okay. Andy. Um, so I'm just going to share my screen with you. Uh, and I got I got some images up here. Let me just Ooh. hide the thumbnails, Ooh. I think. Ah, forget it. Um, so there is, uh, so you can see it nice and big, right? Okay, so there is uh, uh, Palm Springs uh, won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Comedy mm-hmm. uh, since we last recorded. So good on them. Good for them. Uh, well-deserved. Great film. We love it. And uh, also uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers has begun shooting its live action portion. As you can see, it's directed by Akiva. Akiva. Yeah. So now Andy is not necessarily involved with that because, of course, Andy and John Mulaney are recording the voices for Chippendale. They're not actually getting in a chipmunk suit, although we'd all love to see that. Uh, But the shooting has started on the live action portion. And uh, also they are in the midst of shooting Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the moment. So Andy is on set doing that. And that's kind of all i have for andy at the moment okay can we go back to that picture of him doing this spit absolutely take? yeah why is this so hot to me so hot it's like i just <laughs> i i could stare at this picture endlessly honestly well, yeah it's like i wish i was in that spray <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> do you want me to keep it up for a minute longer are you ready to move on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I thank you go. for circling no. us. I think you brought our attention to the right place. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 
Now, in at, bef- during before our last record or during our last recording, literally the night before, or the night the next night ne- the next day the next morning after our recording, s- s- pictures from the Gucci set started to just pour in. And they poured into my inbox as well. I know. So I, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, looking at all these pictures, retweeting these pictures. I am not getting anything done. My entire week is gone to shit because all I want to do is look at Gucci pictures. And I've naturally, I'm also texting Sarah my favorite ones, mm-hmm. the good ones. So we've seen the white sweater, the white the sweater snowsuit combo, being shoved into the mouth. <sighs> That's already been memed in so many ways. <laughs> uh, the outfits. The really nice. Oh, uh, my gosh. 70s slash 90s. I think it's all 70s. I know it's, it's 70s, all 90s, but like, my I bet dad I get wore it. that in the, the 90s. <laughs> and, and the hair. The hair. Um, the Gucci belt. There's something about that Gucci belt that is doing something to me right now. Which one? The one that he's wearing in like every shot. I haven't seen his. I haven't. Okay, well, I'll have belt. to download a photo. I didn't send you a picture of him doing the hands on hips. You know, the classic Adam's the classic Adam dad pose that he does where he's got his oh. hands on the hips. You can see that belt front and center. I'll tell you that. Where is this? fucking belt i'll find it i'll find it um but all of it i'm loving all of it like i just can't get enough and so today i down instead of texting them to you i downloaded a few pics from today and so i thought i'd show you those uh i'll try to describe them so that our listeners if you're if you're watching us on youtube on the vidcast of course you'll be able to to see this but uh so here is adam Today, wearing a white turtleneck and blue nice. blazer on a Vespa. Look at that smile. He's smiling a lot in these photos. Um, in fact, a lot of people have been saying, now, you know the story of this guy, right? You know how mm-hmm. his story ends? He dies? He Yes. You, do, you, do you want me to tell you what happens or no? He gets shot on some steps? No, that's a different no? guy. You're thinking of Versace. That's a guy? Oh. Do you, what happens to him? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. His wife, played by Lady Gaga. Hi, so, mm-hmm. spoilers for Gucci, if you don't already know. I think most people do because this is a biopic. So, his wife, who's played by Lady Gaga, um, hires a hitman to kill him. At this point, they're estranged. He's mm-hmm. She's his ex-wife. So, yes, he does get killed. He gets murdered. and yes. um, yes. I, 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 I knew that. Um, but everybody on the internet is now saying that fuck this murder movie. Please turn this into the a rom com. That's what we want is for this to turn into a rom com because they're the chemistry in these yeah. photos is out of control. Yeah. Anyways, so, yes, please, does please. He have is he in a good mood for the er, 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 early portion of the film? Like because he's a method actor, so. Why is he smi- smi- smiling? Are these good scenes? Well, let me keep going and maybe you'll, okay. you'll sk- catch the tone of these scenes here. So we've got um, them on a, uh, in a almost like Roman holiday-esque yeah. thing here where they're on the Vespa together. Uh, I'm okay, now convinced Gaga. that this is Adam's hair and they just lightened it because yeah. it's br- to, to be brown. Um, yeah. 
Then we've got this photo of Adam lifting her into li- lifting Lady Gaga into a boat. Oh wow! Right. This wow. is the. Can we just for just Cute. like end the let's end the movie before the mur- murder, right? Like let's forget yeah. that this woman is a horrible person who hired a and I, I he's no angel either. I hear he he tur- he becomes this womanizer or what? I don't know. I don't know a lot of history about this couple other than that she kills hires a hitman to kill him and that he's kind of a womanizer. But apparently, like somebody was posting screenshots of excerpts from the book about his life and apparently yeah. like when they met he was kind of this awkward shy you know boy, like prep kid kind of guy who you know hadn't really been on a lot of dates and so anyway um and then he turns into a, a, a womanizer that's what i've heard but don't all rich men with power isn't that what the story for them is generally? I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that that's a pretty typical narrative, right? Anyway, yeah. so here's Adam in his white turtleneck putting Lady Gaga on a boat. Uh, and then Hot. this might be my favorite of them in the boat. I know I'm squealing. <gasps> oh, my God. So it- <laughs> Look at his gir- 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 girlish or boyish. I guess it's bo- boyish. It's just like that expression is so like... It's so open and happy. You know what I mean? Like we rarely, we so rarely see him with this like happy, relaxed expression. Like they have such good chemistry. So it's Adam and Lady Gaga on a boat and he's like, he's like, what is, it's not paddling. What is, when you have the oars in your, is that paddling? I don't know. He's rowing the boat. Rowing. Um, Oh man. So good in that suit too. If I was married to Adam, like I'd be like, what is, no, what? no, no. The it's an acting. It's like, acting. It's acting. Know, She's an actor too. She knows. I know. It's just acting. Um, also, I believe there was a picture going around from set a couple days ago where you can actually see. I do. I, I haven't worn my wedding ring in a long time because it doesn't fit on my big fat finger anymore. But like when I did, I used to, if I took it off for a, a movie or play or something, I would play with the ring i mean you get used to playing with the ring and there's a, a photo out there somewhere of him on the set like just like subconsciously touching playing with the finger that his ring would be on so i think mm-hmm. he's I, it's a movie and they have movie chemistry mm-hmm. because they're good actors mm-hmm. um but yeah i think if if ridley scott could turn this and find it in his heart to turn this into a rom-com i think we'd all appreciate wait, it wait this is being directed by ridley scott i feel yes. like i heard that but that's cra- crazy he doesn't seem like a i mean he's a thriller type guy well, like a sci-fi thrill th- well this thriller. is a movie about a man being murdered so i'm sure there's some kind of intrigue it's like money rich powerful fashion fashion intrigue you know that yeah. kind of thing i think that the vibe fits i, I get yeah. i get where that vibe look goes. at that smile i know it just melts oh. my heart uh, okay, I wish we could stare at this all day, but we need yeah, to move on to the yeah. last news item was that uh, this is a picture of Adam's uh, fake facial hair from Annette that went up for charity auction. Uh, I don't know who bought it. I didn't follow up with that, but this is Mm-mm. you don't like it. I no. I was like, that's weird. Like, I'm I am a big fan of Adam Driver and I don't like also he can grow facial hair. Mm hmm. So what is the need for this? Unless he really, I would want to buy his real that day. hair. Huh? Just kidding. I said I would want to buy his real facial hair, but then I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it's ups- I'm upset just looking at it. I don't yeah, like it. 
Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like also too far apart. Mm-hmm. Like his like it yeah. looks his face would be enormous at this distance. I yeah. guess they really wanted you to just look at every hair. Anyway, so this is a picture of a shadow box, uh those of you who are listening to the show and not watching the vidcast of a a be- like a beard piece, like a mustache and a beard. Uh that are is in a shadow box, which I don't know who bought it, but it was on it was an auction for a good cause, though. So Le Bouc. Yeah. Does that mean mustache? What does that mean? The facial hair? Do you know what that means? I don't know what book means. I know what bouche is mouth. Mm. But pum, uh I forget what that that, that mm. is. I'd have to I'm just curious. Hold on. Anyway, so that's all that I've got for Adam and Andy. A- Adam is um Adam and Lady Gaga are shooting the rom-com that we all deserve right now uh, that does end in her murdering him. But we're just going to pretend like that's not happening. Um, and um, okay. uh, Andy's uh, shooting Brooklyn is, Nine-Nine. Uh, hmm? Goatee. Okay. Got and it. And Pum is Apple. So, so La Pum Dadam is, I'm guessing, an Adam's Apple. <laughs> so this is... The goatee of ah, 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 Adam. That's hilarious, though. I appreciate that joke. I appreciate it very much. I'm going to get rid of... I'm going to take this image away so we don't have to look Please. at it anymore. Let's get away from that. Oof. Oof. Uh, okay. Uh, shall we get into talking about this movie? Yes. Okay. Wait. House of Gucci or Black Klansman? Black Klansman. We're going to have to wait until... House of Gucci. Sarah, oh, my God. It comes out in November. You and I will be vaccinated. We could go to the theater and see this movie together. Hold on. I have to be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, not. So we're not talking about House of Gucci today. Although I know. I know. As, I'm sorry. As much as I'm we just want so to. Excited. Sorry. I am too. But this is an excellent movie that we're talking. We're, this is like cream of the crop that we're talking about today. We're talking about Black Klansman, which I do want to point out, even though I misspelled it in the episode, I did spell it correctly. Uh, in your notebook. In my notebook. So I did spell it correctly in my notebook. Um, so Black Klansman. Before we get into it, a couple things I wanted to say. Uh, this is a very silly show that we do where our shtick is let's thirst after Adam Driver and Andy Samberg, right? So obviously we're going to be talking a lot about Adam. We're going to be making a lot of jokes. But as we said at the top, I just I think both of us feel that this is a beautiful piece of art. This movie uh, that that it, that came out in the in, a, in a, the time and exactly the time that people needed to hear it and see it. Uh, it's an incredible movie, and also I want to say that John David Washington is incredible in this movie, mm-hmm. and that uh, the fact that that he did not as we love Adam. He did a wonderful job in this movie. Great performance. The fact that John David Washington did not receive as much attention and accolades for his part in this film, which he is a wonderful in, I think just demonstrates the, the, the exact white supremacy in the system of Hollywood that, mm-hmm. uh, that this movie is pointing out. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to say yep. that because we're going to be talking about Adam a lot. But I want to acknowledge that John David Washington should have been nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. He um, did amazing. He's incredible. He, and he should have received a, as much attention, if not more attention, 
more um, than Adam for yeah. the his performance in this movie, which is truly a wonderful performance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what have you got on your list? So let's introduce the characters, shall we? Yes. There's Ron Stallworth, who is played by John David Washington. Yep. Related to Denzel? Denzel's son. Son, son of Denzel Washington, yes. Yes. Very talented. So um, good. He actually looks like a friend that I had in a- Athens mm-hmm. and it kind of like has like nostalgic like makes me miss that friend oh. <laughs> when I see his face. Maybe give that guy a call. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes. Yeah, so we have Ron who mm-hmm. I guess the first thing on my list would be that um, he wants to become a poli- 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 police officer. Yes. And in fact, it seems like in his, I'm not a, maybe I'm not a police officer person that knows a lot of things about police, but it seems like he might be the only black person in the his, first. in his yeah. department or whatever. Yeah. And actually the first scene between him and his soon to be bosses is that he is he is the first and Mm -hmm. he would be the first Mm -hmm. and what would he do if he were um called a slur what would Mm -hmm. he do if he were faced with rape 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 racism because he would be like the jackie robinson of the the uh what is it the department Uh, yeah uh so or the precinct or whatever um and the right off the bat we see the dichotomy between the way the white uh police chief i guess is who he is and the other guy i'm not really sure what his job is but the two bosses we have a uh you know uh an african-american and white person in the scene and they're they're way of addressing the issue is completely different you know mm-hmm. um the white guy wants to sort of skirt around everything and uh whereas the other guy is like um the african-american fellow is like oh, let me just come out right right out and say it yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. uh so i think that is um right off the bat an indication of how most <laughs> most of the i'm gonna put them in quotes good white people behave in this movie mm-hmm. where they just are kind of ready to they're not ready to deal with the reality they're not ready to get in deep with the reality of the situation for the most part i think some of i think some of the white characters in the movie get close but never quite uh never quite touch the real reality of things um he seems like a moral person Mm -hmm. and um like not the coolest person but not a complete nerd yeah he's kind um, of in between yeah he um i think he's struggling with multiple expectations yeah and i want to pin put a pin in that because i want to talk about there's a lot of duality in this movie Mm -hmm. and i want to kind of take spend a whole bullet point just talking about that but yeah um Great. Okay. Uh, anything? Did you want to go through all the other characters, or um, as well? Uh, yeah, sure. So there's um, Flip mm-hmm. Z- Zimmerman. Who? Mm-hmm. What is his real first name? Philip. Philip. 
that makes mm-hmm. sense. Flip. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's played by Adam. Mm-hmm. And he is just a fellow. Is he an he's a detective undercover detective type yeah, of person it seems yeah. like he does he's part of there's part of a whole division of again sarah and i don't know a lot about police work uh seems like there's a whole room full of detectives there that's my the detective room yeah yeah so he's part of the detective room yeah so there's this asshole and you know sh- sheepskin jacket uh, part-time flannel model, let's say, you know. Okay, yeah. Part-time flannel model <laughs> slash cop. Um, <laughs> um, so there's, um, on IMDb, he's called Master Patrolman. But uh, that is who? the asshole who harasses. Oh, he has a name, but I don't remember what his name is. There's like, he has, they call him by his last name, but yeah, there's the yeah. racist cop or the overly racist cop. The all of them, all of the white sexist. cops are a little racist, yeah. um, but the yeah. extremely racist cop, we'll the call him. Overtly like mega mega like, racist. Like, it's like, let's all pretend that none of them are le- like that. It's like it's like well, they all seem way. as as still continues today, and this movie I think does an excellent job of like there are lines in this movie that literally could be said today, mm-hmm. like and it is not and it's not in a way that I feel like is too on the nose. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it's really um, organic to what's happening in the scene, but like there's that whole scene. So there's Flip and Ron are kind of the main care. Like well, Ron's the main character, and Flip is kind of you know his ends up kind of being his partner in this this whole investigation then you've got the boss the chief you know Mm -hmm. uh you've got i don't know what his job but he seems to be like below the chief uh yeah who like another uh, another white dude uh, Um, glass glasses glasses, yeah mustache uh yeah so he seems Mm -hmm. like in support of the investigation, especially mm-hmm. as it goes on, but also trying to please the police chief. Let's call him um, Mustache Cop. We'll call him Mustache Cop. I think that's appropriate. Cool. And then you have a uh, sleazy, sleazy old cop who's the partner of Flip. Mm-hmm. Sleazy, a uh, sidekick cop, maybe. Sidekick sleaze. Sidekick sleaze. I mean, there's nothing particularly sleazy about his actions, but he just seems a little skeevy to me. Yes, I know. Uh, but he's very funny. That actor did a great job. So those are kind of the police officers. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have all the let's the I, let's hold on. Yeah, let's get uh, yeah. we'll maybe we'll naturally get to them here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but then we've got all those guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I we kind of skipped over, but I really want to talk a little bit about the opening. Yeah, I was gonna say the opening. Can I we totally skipped that. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, do it. it starts with. Alec Baldwin as this, I don't know if that's a real person or not. I didn't look this up because I I'm shit at research, but uh, except for when it comes to if it's if it's on Twitter. Um, so we've got Alec Baldwin sort of talking about the threat, I guess that that these white people feel like they're facing in mm-hmm. with desegregation of schools and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got this footage that's been shot for the movie with Alec Baldwin saying all these horrible racist things mixed with actual footage of real movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie black Klansman, as I think any filmmaker is, has self-aware as awareness of the, uh, the, the industry that they're in and the work that comes before you. Right. 
and and I think Spike Lee does a really excellent job in many of his films of incorporating the films and the media and kind of making a point of how those films shape our perceptions. Mm -hmm. And so we have this footage of Alec Baldwin's character recording this horrible rant against desegregation and kind of fucking up and messing up the takes and real movies like Gone with the Wind Mm -hmm. and Birth of a a Nation, Mm -hmm. which we will see footage of later. Um. The stuff with Alec Baldwin reminded me a lot of Bill o- the b- shots, of the footage of Bill O'Reilly. Have you ever seen that? Where he's like in between. So he had the, the oh, they were recording him, yeah. but he thought he wasn't on camera and he like yeah. yells at somebody. Yeah. The do it live stuff. It reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Or any like, you know, Fox News kind of correspondent, like what they might be in between. Anyway, it was very funny, but very like set the tone of like, you know, it, 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 this movie, I feel like I'm just all over the place. There's so much to talk about. But the thing this movie does a great job of balancing the serious things that are going on with humor. There which is, is an- humor. There's definitely humor, but yeah. it's, it's very serious, too. Like yeah. The, the, the su- subject matter is definitely serious and they do take it seriously or Spike Lee at least takes it seriously. But there is some kind of hu- 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 humor in there as well. I mean, there are moments where I just l- laughed out loud. Like when Ron is on the phone the first time and everyone turns around and they're like, did you use your real name? Yeah. Or like when Ron tells the police chief with the gr- with every time he says white man, I just yeah. like, I can't yeah. not laugh. White. Like when he <laughs> says with the right white man, we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like there are really just like laugh out loud moments and heartbreaking, gut wrenching. Yeah punch you in the chest moments in this movie but yeah. there's a lot of spy and i think spike lee um as a filmmaker i mean he's a filmmaker that i admire tremendously i love his work um be, beyond just this film i think you can see in his other movies that he does a good job of balancing this really serious and at times dark stuff with with humor, humor. That, that feels like it belongs yeah, yeah. Um, in the in the story yeah anything totally. else you wanted to say did you have anything you wanted to say about the opening here um the opening was very upset uh, setting like i had completely forgotten about the opening mm-hmm. when i started to watch this mm-hmm. and um yeah it definitely is like uh right off the bat off put putting like oh like, i think it's almost yikes. like um it's almost like here here's your last chance if you're not ready for this yeah get the fuck out here's the door and there are people who probably left yeah yeah um because it's it's some of this is really i mean this is really tough stuff um yeah but it's important and it's necessary i think every i think every white person should see this film yeah honestly um but yeah, this is, I think, a moment where they're like, this is not, we're not going to hold your hand. We're yeah. not going to coddle you. Yeah. We're not going to reassure you, white people. And and we're obviously looking at this as two white women. There is a moment at the end of the film that they do ca- 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 coddle us, though Spike Lee did pull a punch. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. I think I know what you mean, but I think that was on purpose. Um 
but we'll, we'll get there when we get to the end. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think this movie is telling you right away, like, this is what this is. And if you're not fucking ready for that, get yeah. out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think this movie coddles white people in any way. It's not our story. It's not about us. There's no white mm-hmm. person coming to swoop in and fix everything mm-hmm. here to make us feel like that we're that they're good people and uh, they're good white people and they're bad white people. This isn't a movie about that. It exposes the ugliness yeah. of whiteness and white supremacy. Um in in multiple on multiple levels and in multiple ways. Um and that is something that needs to be done and the and the academy, the Oscars, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't give they couldn't look at the truth and go that is that is this movie will be remembered as having come out in a time so this came out in 2018 at, in a firestorm of we had a white supremacist president which they talk about in the movie yeah because david duke wanted to be president at, at, that was one of his goals yeah one of the lines uh, with uh ron was like yeah they're not going to elect a, a david duke to the w- w- white house and the mu- mustache cop was like how naive are 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 you or and i, and like I did find it interesting that the choice there was a choice there to have the white character say that that yeah to acknowledge that that was a naive i think that, i thought that wasn't I'm not I don't really know what to say about that other than I thought it was interesting that it was a white character who who acknowledged that. Uh, But yeah, we had a white supremacist in the White House. Uh, I I mean, we're still white supremacy and violence obviously is still it just because we elected Joe Biden this week. So yeah, it's not gone away. It's not getting any better. If anything, they're like in their uh, basements plotting Mm-hmm. <laughs> their their inevitable uh usurping of power once again um but this movie came out during all that some really a really dark time in that part of hi- in that part of american history for us and i guess the academy was just like good we'll give you some nominations we'll nominate you yeah. for the words that you wrote but we yeah, can't but that's, that's give a you little, the trophy for best dark. yeah we can't give let's, you the trophy let's for best give it to green book green let's, book is more like palatable and like yeah it's digestible for us white, white people. people yeah mm-hmm. anyway uh okay what's next on your list we actually we should just set up generally what happens which yes. is that ron stall joins the police force they put him in the records room they treat the, the other cops there are some of them outright treat him like shit. Others are, they keep coming in using slurs. Yeah. All of them using like the same slur. Calling the. Well, I don't want to use it, but they well, did use a name. They used the, a. The T word? Yes. That is was that, the slur they a, were using. Is that a slur? I, that's the impression that I got. It's not one that I'm familiar with, but this movie also takes place in the 70s. Right. I was, I was assuming that that was, um, that was like saying like a Vic like calling someone like like a a a, a, a victim like kind of like a slang sure, for like Sure but but don't you remember that super racist cop used the the word at him at Ron yeah, yeah. So that I think it was a slur I'm just not it's not one I'm familiar with but that's the impression that I got Um okay. so he's in the record germ he wants to be an undercover cop Uh they actually pull him to uh they actually pull him to go undercover at a uh, at a black student union event. Mm-hmm. 
So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So the local college, what call 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 college is that? I've I've I don't remember. This takes place in Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So some school out there. There is um, a black speaker. I didn't write down his name, um, but he basically is there to um, get support for. Um, his cause and basically what's going on in this 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 uh, seventies with the the Black Panther movement and um, their I'm actually going to look up that character's name because well, he changed uh, his name yeah. as well, which was a common thing at the time. And the thing that he said that stuck out to me was all power to all the pe- pe- mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I thought I think that, that was a Black scene, Panther. Well, I, I thought so. They the thing is the white co- the white cops are worried about. They're not concerned about the Klan, which is literally mm-hmm. planning violent acts. Mm-hmm. They're concerned but, about the Black pa- pa- Panthers. Yeah, they're worried about um, black people getting together and organizing. It's something that they're very concerned about. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look up that. A character um i don't know why he's not at the top here maybe i just missed him uh kwame Ture. kwame Ture. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i thought that scene Here's the other thing that I'm really pissed about. Uh, this movie should have won the Oscar for Best Editing as well. I think this mm. movie, story-wise, structurally, the filmmaker, the writer, understands the power of editing and the power of the collision of images, which is what editing really is. Um, and I think you can really see that in this scene um, where Kwame is talking about how uh, Black people have been made to f- like feel like there's something wrong with the way that they look the way they talk the way you know that they're that their whole lives are and you're seeing all these these faces these people listening and these different faces and we're really focusing the lighting is this really soft uh lighting on their faces and you can see like the natural hair and all that stuff and their faces are kind of fading in and out as they listen and you can see um you can see the attention that's being paid um, and you can see how it's affecting Ron as well, because he's yeah. in there to kind of just listen, and he's been miked. He's got a mic on him, he's and you can to, s- like get the vibe from the room and see how people react. And but he's also being recorded, yeah. So which means they can take what this guy's saying out of context, yeah. You know, which they do. But I think that it's obviously a very clear moment where Ron is being influenced by, you know, the idea that they're that change needs to happen and maybe I'm in the place where I can do something. Yeah. And I think that definitely leads him to the, the path that he chooses, which is to investigate the, the clan. Yeah. 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 And that night also is when he meets Patrice. Mm-hmm. Oh God. She's... And she is the president of the black student. You, 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 you yes. You, Laura Harrier. You. Yeah. Also, a one great, incredible performance that I feel like also didn't mm-hmm. get enough attention. Yep. Uh, because Very she was strong. really good in this movie. Really good. Um, but yeah, she's uh, president of the Black Student Union. Uh, they kind of go out for drinks afterwards. Uh, she's 
they're she and Kwame Trey are stopped by super racist cop and he basically mm-hmm. assaults her in front of a bunch yeah. of people. Um and uh so now Ron has got a now this is the first layer of his multiple identities where he's got to be Ron Stallworth who has who wants to have something with Patrice but can't tell her that he's a cop. Yeah. And right? she calls them pigs. Yes. You know I don't know if you noticed this, but she they call them the she calls them pigs, but so does so do the clans, the clan guys. They do. Yeah. I did pick up on that and I was yeah. like, that doesn't like because at least what's been going on recently are you see a lot of cops being involved in things like the clan. And they're involved so. they're clearly involved in the clan in this movie as well. Two of them were FBI agents, okay. if you recall. I don't. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they the clan calls them pigs as well. But yeah, she calls them pigs and he takes offense to that, understandably. Uh, He tries to talk to her about, you know, trying to change things from the inside. She doesn't think that's possible, which is totally valid considering what her experience in life has been. Yeah. Um. So here this gets us to sort of the the crux of the story, which is that Ron sees an ad for the clan membership in the mm-hmm. paper and he decides to call the clan and pretend to be and a did white he man. ask anyone to but did not. Like, the first time i saw this movie i he felt like not. i maybe missed a scene where they were like hey you should pretend to be interested in the clan. no that like, was his idea entirely it was just a just kind of a spontaneous of moment I, again i think he was i think he was really moved by that speech and he saw yeah. an opportunity and i think he just thought really quickly and was like let me just See what yeah. happens. But everybody in the office turning around to listen yeah. to him yeah. on the Go phone on with Walter. Like so Walter's the president of the clan chapter in their town or the yeah. organization as they like to be called. Uh, it's like they know they're shit shitty, but they like don't fully like admit to it. It's like they're like, don't call us that. Like, Yes, and again, I think this goes to the duality, which I definitely want to talk about. But yeah, I think there's an a, 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 there's an effort here for them to kind of appear to be something that they're not. Yeah, on uh, and that a branding change, if you will. Yeah. But yeah. So he's on the phone with Walter. That scene is so funny, where he's try, where he's the the other thing that may, really makes me laugh about this movie is that Ron Stallworth white voice the real one start one sort of is so clearly so different from adam driver's voice yeah there's no yes. attempt made <laughs> even though there's the whole scene where he's trying to get adam uh, uh sorry flip to he's yeah. he's taught that he's has has him sort of speak the words of that james brown song yeah. uh there's really no effort at any time for them to try to actually make their voices yeah. match which is well, great there's a scene where they try to re- where where um uh ron tr- tries to get flip to repeat after him and the, they, the, the james brown song right they I'm do black- seem they it's a, in the scene but we all know the that scene. they don't sound yeah, alike at all no, and there's a couple no. of moments where people are like you don't sound the same in person but it's like, it's like oh, very obvious yeah. and also there's this whole idea on the behalf of the white people in this movie that they can somehow they know when they're talking to a black Mm -hmm. person as if Mm -hmm. that person is so different from me and they speak so different from me that I couldn't 
possibly be talking to a white person. Yeah. Which is sort of a whole thing. It's yeah. their hubris that kind of allows this charade to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of absurd. Uh, um, what's next on your <laughs> list? So let's see. Felix. Yes, Felix. So Felix fucking is. Felix. Fucking Felix and his fucking wife. Connie. Connie. Ugh, both of them. The want, epitome. Like, the, the 1970s Karen. If you will. Oh, God. The 1970s Karen and who's the one who's. I think. And Connie's Karen, there for yeah. us to remember. Like, it's not like, yes, the clan was a very masculine, hyper masculine organization, but it was only made possible by the support of the white women in this in their lives as well. Like these white women were also there. White women are not blameless here. And yeah. I think that's what Connie's main purposes in the film yeah yeah feel so what do you want to say about felix he is just the worst he's well, like so first of all so ron sets up a meeting with the clan right right and then but flip has to be the white man to gotta put go the, in put the microphone on and actually the go flanks. in and be ron stallworth panel on i'm sorry i just need to i need a moment i need a moment to think about that flannel okay i'm okay we can keep okay we can keep going um so ron stallworth white ron who is now flip has to go and meet with the clan and this is when we get introduced in person to walter and we get introduced to felix and we get introduced to i don't know what let me look up his name god that guy did a great job too he is he was also in Andy Landers, by the way. Andy Landers is a racist cop, by the way. Okay. That's his character name. Who is that guy? He was also in the one with Margot Ra. Ra, Ra, Yeah, he was in um, I, Tanya. I, Tanya, yeah. I'm trying to find. There's Ivanhoe. His name's Ivanhoe in the film. That's his character name, Ivanhoe. Okay. Anyway, uh, so what do you want to say about Felix? We get introduced to Felix at the very tense billiard billiards club scene he is suspicious mm-hmm. from the start he thinks that does flip not like jewish people is in addition jewish. to hating black people hates them and is convinced that flip is jewish which yes. he is in which we film. find out he is yeah mm-hmm. or before he goes out there because he's wearing a necklace that they were yeah. like you got to take that off yeah yeah, yeah. um um, he just like Fe- Felix just gets a vibe, and well, he's very suspicious and domineering, mm-hmm. and, and he you has know a, what? a really like kind of voice, right? Just that really. I mean, all the actors in this film did a really great job. Oh, yeah, no, they were really committed to these awful people that they were yeah. playing, um, but. They the group generally ends up accepting Flip, and mm-hmm. he, so now we're off and running. Right? They've got they get the permission of the department to move forward. The department is not uh, doesn't really see the clan as a credible threat. Mm-hmm. They're more focused on what's going on with the Black Student Union. Like they're very mm-hmm. concerned about Black people organizing. It's very upsetting yeah. for them. Yeah. They're not concerned about the clan. Um, but uh, Ron and um, Flip move forward with the investigation. And so now Flip is basically embedded with this group. 
Um, I think that we haven't talked too much about Adam Driver's performance, considering this is a podcast about Adam Driver, but uh, at so far. But I did want to say that I think he he really in this film does an excellent job of being quietly horrified because flip is having to play this part and you can see as time wears on as he is this guy how it wears on him Mm -hmm. and you can see that he has really got to keep his emotions in check and i think you can see that very believably being played out by adam uh, that he is not doesn't hesitate to use the f- filthy, racist, anti-Semitic language mm-hmm. that these guys respond to. He doesn't hesitate to do that. But you can also see you moments see behind the eyes, so mm-hmm. just like kind of like this heartbreak, kind of like this, like, I can't believe I have to act like this. Or even so much. I think that. Most of the time, he keeps up the wall really good. There are just yeah. a couple mo- key places where it slips. So I would like to talk about the lie detector scene. Yeah. So Flip gets in with these guys, and they go to Felix's house. And they're having a clan meeting at Felix. The organization is having a meeting at Felix's house. And this time, they're not, they haven't fully, they, 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 Flip isn't a member yet. No. Or Ron isn't a member yet, I should say. And this is when we meet Connie. Mm -hmm. I think this is when we really also see another thing that is because we're, we're all, we're, I think we're asked a lot to compare that organization, the clan a bit to the student union as well. Mm -hmm. And the way that their meetings are run and how that those meetings have men and women participating equally in Mm -hmm. the revolution (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the women in the, clan meetings are very segregated she's there to yeah. pass out cookies and they only want to bring she has her when they an need idea her. and he's and his uh and and felix is like sweetie like no <laughs> get the fuck out yeah um and then but then what happens is at, at some point towards the end of the meeting felix who still believes that ron is faking it which he is that's true uh so he takes flip down into the basement where there's a lie detector wants to give him a lie detector test to prove that he's not Jewish yeah super intense scene yeah really scary yeah yeah has a gun I think that's one of the moments where you see flip really like I'm deep in the shit right now is that he's really good at playing this character he's playing flip I mean yeah Adam is I'm talking about flip now not Adam but the when that gun when he picks up that gun and points it at Flip, like you can see a moment where he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but also, like if he's a detective, isn't he used to having a gun pull, 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 pulled on him though? Sure, but in this case, he doesn't have anything to defend himself with, and this guy is fucking crazy. And I think yeah. he knows that. I think you yeah. can still. I think you can be trained with weapons and to be in a situation where violence might occur and still be concerned for your life, which I think you can see for just a second. It's like the mask slips for a second and you can see him sit up. Like I have to find a way to talk my way out of this. Yeah. Anyway, did you have anything you wanted to say about that? Yeah, no, I definitely saw that, that he, you know, there was a, like a, a, Oh fuck kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like a genuine Oh fuck. Um, 
and um, the mental gymnastics that he has to go through to try to skirt around because Felix is relentless and he's right in this. I don't mean he's right morally. He's right. Flip is faking it. Yeah. But we don't want him to find that out because we don't want we care about these characters and we don't want anything bad to happen to them. So this is very tense for us. But you can see the mental gymnastics that Flip is going through going so far as to call the Holocaust something beautiful. And here we're again, we're having this conversation that we're still having today where people, there are people that don't believe the Holocaust even happened. Yeah. And then flip is saying like, I think it did happen. And I think it was, you know, a good thing. He says that it was, it's great. And it's like for, as a Jewish, a person with Jewish heritage to sit there and say that with a, with, with, with conviction and, and believability, uh, what that takes for somebody to 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 say that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's survival instincts right there. Yeah. You know, obviously he's got a job to do. He's committed to this job. And then Ron. Also, I just wanted to say generally, because I don't feel like we really f- spoke about Flip's place in all this, which is that he is a bit reluctant to be part of this investigation at first. So, and I, I again, I want to say that I don't, this is not a movie where white people come in and fix everything. Mm-mm. Like, I think Flip is a what I would call a pretty believable portrayal of an ally, which is somebody that is helping, but also has faults, like doesn't, isn't going to stand up in front of the chief and say, no, we have to keep doing this or we have to do this this way or this yeah. is a problem or this cop is racist and he shouldn't be in the force. They have this whole discussion yeah. about racist cop and about how he's a bad cop and even shot a kid. But what are they going to do? And they're like, we are family. So I yeah. think that they do a good job that this film is, does a great job of going like flip is an ally, but he's still part of the problem. A white cop, Yeah. Yeah. He's still a white cop who can pass, which passing is yeah. something that we talk a lot about in this film because flip is Jewish, but he doesn't wear his Jewishness on his skin if he once he takes Mm -hmm. that necklace off he's able to slide under the radar pretty much yeah anyway i just wanted to bring that up because we didn't really discuss that part of him yet well the scene ends so um Mm -hmm. flip doesn't actually ever put on the cuff because ron the real ron throws a rock through the window at great personal risk to himself like he Mm -hmm. goes into the hornet's nest I think this throughout this movie, Ron is a is brave. He's committed to yeah. his his committed to this task, which is to uncover the violence underneath this exterior of this organization. And he is, but he's going in there. He knows that Flip is in danger, and he knows they have guns too. Probably mm-hmm. they could shoot him if they like. And uh, Connie sees him running away and she announces that this black man has thrown mm-hmm. a rock through the window. And mm-hmm. so everyone at the meeting gets up and gets their guns. And um, well, so, they start shooting at his car as it leaves and, and flip and flip takes grabs mm-hmm. the gun and shoots like to, to miss. He shoots to miss. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I, Okay, we're going to wait till the thirst until we talk about all that flip, the flip energy, what I like to call the flip energy is big in this movie. Um, 
what else you got on your list, Sarah? Um, well, while you think David about Duke, David Duke, yes, we should talk about David Duke played Topher Grace by Topher Grace, who I don't, I, I, I can't recall the exact quote, but I read an interview with him about this movie a while back or a quote from him in any case where he said that that he was really proud of this movie but that living as this character was absolutely horrible like he he was like i'm glad i was in that movie i am proud of the work that i did and i think the movie is really important but being david duke was emotionally awful for me like it like it took me a while to get over being that guy i think he actually i want to say this was in reference to him like he does a lot of side Topher Grace the actor does a lot of side editing projects well he'll recut Star Wars movies and stuff like he did a he did an edit of all the prequels as one movie called the Phantom Edit and it's like a really like a movie that like it's an edit that everybody says is like kind of the best version of of those although I've seen one on how long is it uh I think it's like three hours long two two three hours long he basically condensed the the first movie into flashbacks anyway it's uh but i i think he had done some editing on something and i think this was him saying like i had to go and do that to get away from the experience the my experience emotionally of being this guy the movie was great the experience of making the movie was great but being that guy was something that was hard for me to shake yeah you know when i was when i watched this i was thinking to myself i would not act in this movie like even even for Spike Lee, like, I just don't think I could do it. You know, I would. I think I would because, and I think that's totally fair. Um, I think I would because I feel like, how else is that story going to get told? If if a white actor is, is like, I can't be that person. And I think you saying no is, uh, that you would say no is totally valid. I don't want to say it. But for me, I think my rationale would be, here's my opportunity to to do something good, which is to, be the bad guy because that story has to be told. I would mm-hmm. not enjoy being that person yeah. at all. I wouldn't enjoy it, but that, but people have to commit to these characters in order for the yeah. story to be heard. They have to, people have to go, I'm going to put my feelings about being a good white person aside and, and be, uh, I think being, you know, an ally means acknowledging the ugliness of whiteness. And that's what those actors are doing by taking those parts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. And, uh, I, you know, I think it would be tough to, to, to live in that character. But David yeah. Duke. David Duke, yes. Fucking so what a he, piece of garbage that guy is. <laughs> like, he wasn't as actively horrible sounding as Fifi. Felix? No, he wasn't aggressive and Weasley. He was a cleaned up, palatable mm-hmm. kind palatable. of evil. He was a palatable kind of evil, mm-hmm. which frankly is, I think, where the where, where most evil, where most evilness and where the most evil and whiteness hides mm-hmm. is palatable evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Ron begins talking with him on the phone quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And even gets him to rush through his membership, yep. So that he can be on, you know, so that he can attend when David Duke comes to town. And David Duke is convinced that he would know that he, if he were black, yep. And gets him to say, like, how would you know? Like, what would you? What What would I say? Like, 
and uh, he says something that uh, I forget what the words are, but well, he's basically making mo- fun of the way, like yes, that he um, thinks the black people talk, which um, isn't even. Like, but you know what? Here's the thing: is uh, colloquialisms, like the way people, like the natural speech that people have, the way people, the, the diction, and the way that people uh, accent certain words, that is based on the regions that people live in and yeah. the communities that they live in. And white people do that just as much as yeah. black people do. Like, yeah. it, 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 whiteness is not the default way people speak and no whiteness is not a particular way of i feel like i feel like what he's saying is that a white person speaks with intelligence and that Mm -hmm. is false Mm -hmm. false which ron clearly proves to everyone over and over and over again yes he's putting on some kind of voice for that for ron stallworth but it's the man it's not like it's not that different from his actual voice though his actual voice and it's also not a an overly like okay, so in the movie, sar sar sar. Thank you for bringing that up. I was just thinking about code switching. Yes, putting on the the white voice. I feel like in that movie, the character played by Lakeith Stanfield did a much more well. He literally had a white person, yes, doing the voiceover when he was doing his quote unquote white voice. But yeah, I I think that that's the bottom line is that David Duke is saying well. What he's saying is basically that a white person speaks with intelligence, and that's just false. Yeah, yeah. And it and he and he get and it allows and it them to pull the, the wool over his eyes. Because yeah. in the well, end, yeah, you will not, we'll save that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that scene is really rewarding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I want to talk a little bit about the biscuits monologue. Biscuits. That, so this is when David Duke and Ron are talking about. Like David Duke is talking about this black woman that took care of their family, and it's this whole thing about it's like she was part of, the, and they he mm-hmm. like raw like they're comparing her to like the family dog and all this stuff, and then so Ron has been pulling him on the string this whole time, basically just tell feeding him the kind of things that he wants to hear, but making but mocking him at the same time in a way mm-hmm. that David Duke does not see. Yeah. And then, and the, this is where I don't know how you can watch this movie and not nominate John David Washington for an Oscar. This speech alone, and the fact that Ron is what Ron is telling him, David Duke is about a story about a a black child who lived across the street from a white white child, and they played together until the white child's father said, "You can't play with him anymore," mm-hmm. and he's delivering it as though he's the chi- the white child mm-hmm. but you can tell that that he's really talking about something that happened to himself that was very mm-hmm. hurtful in his life where he had a friend who then couldn't play with him anymore mm-hmm. um and the and i'm getting chills just talking about it the emotion the restraint that he has in keeping up this facade but what you can see going on behind his eyes at the at the at the trauma of this memory is just really powerful yeah really powerful stuff yeah okay i would really like to talk about i really want to talk about duality now Mm -hmm. because i think this film does a really like this film is full of duality it's full it's and, and 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 it does a really great job of balancing all these things 
So there's obvious thing is we've got two Rons. We got two Ron Stallworths, right? Yep. We've got Ron Stallworth, the real person, and we've got Ron Stallworth, the fake Ron Stallworth. But we also mm-hmm. have Ron Stallworth, the black person mm-hmm. who is pretending to be the fake Ron Stallworth, and Flip, the white person pretending to be the fake Ron Stallworth. So we have that mm-hmm. obvious duality there. Yeah. We also have the duality of the Klan, where the Klan is yeah. this violent organization, violent, hateful organization that's burning crosses, planting bombs, but they want to call themselves the organization so they can mm-hmm. be palatable mm-hmm. politically mm-hmm. Uh, so that people like David Duke can rise to power as yeah. he did. Um, yeah. And then we have the duality within Ron. Mm-hmm. We've got Ron the cop. And then we've got Ron the would-be revolutionary. Ron, who, mm-hmm. Ron with Patrice versus Ron on the job. And so, and I think that that really, that part of the duality, I think really shows the inner conflict that I think anyone in his position would feel. But that also, I think a lot of, uh, and I'm not a black person, so I can't speak to that experience, but based on the films that I've watched about this topic, including Sorry to Bother You, there's this idea that you have to be one way around, (laughs) uh, bless you. Okay, I'm good. Sorry. Uh, there's this idea that you have to be one way around a certain group of people, around yes. white people, and that you have to be uh, another way around uh, the black community, and that those are oppose, uh, at times opposing forces that uh, conflict with each other and also make it hard for the, the that person to truly be themselves anywhere. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. You also have Flip and his relationship to his Jewishness. Yep. The duality there where he says, yeah, I'm Jewish, but I don't really think about it. Yeah. And then you get this, another, I think really beautiful moment between Ron and flip, which is flip talking about here. They're looking at the card. They've got the membership card from David Duke rushed it through. And they're looking at this card and flip says, you know, I never really thought about being Jewish. I didn't have a bar mitzvah, but now it's all I can think about. Yeah. And I relate to that a lot um, because I have, you know, my my mother grew up Catholic and my father is Jewish and I was not raised with any particular religion, but I do consider myself in terms of my self-identity and ethnicity to be, uh, to to, I identify more with my Jewishness than I would say I would identify with my Catholicness. I don't really identify with that. But um, and and during the years that Trump was has been was president, um, I did spend a lot of time thinking about that. How I didn't have a bat mitzvah, I didn't go to temple. I I only really started celebrating Hanukkah and other sort of Jewish traditions in my adulthood. Um, but that. It's like I couldn't, I thought about it all the time. And that, you know, if I had been living in 1930s Germany, it doesn't matter what I think of myself. Just having a drop of that blood in me would have been enough to send me to one of those camps. Mm -hmm. And so I really relate to that where he's saying, I never considered myself to be an other but now that everyone else is telling me that I am, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah. It's, 
That was very um, um, emo- emotional, that line. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, there's just the, what is the unspoken thing is the duality of America. Yeah. The two Americas that we live in. Yeah. Right. There's the America that's for white people and there's the America that's for everybody else. Yep. And that is, and the America that's for white people gave Green Book the Oscar for best picture. Yeah. And the America that's for white people didn't nominate John David Washington for an Oscar for his performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you got next on your list? Um, so I guess what's next on my list is kind of the end, the, mm-hmm. the, the bomb. Yes. Um, before we get to that, I really, oh, oh there's, there's the scene, the scene, um, where flip is kind of caught or both of them are kind of. Yeah. Let's um, talk a little bit about that. Like I, there's a couple things I want to talk about. I want to talk just briefly about this, the, the shooting target, the target scene. Yes. Um, and the, like I had to, I was watching this on my VR headset. I had to take a little break at this mm. point when I'm w- during that scene um, because this is the first time you're really seeing them all out, like all the clan guys out practicing mm-hmm. shooting guns, and you're like, "Ooh, this is making me creeped out." Ah, yeah. um, but we don't see what they're shooting at, and so that moment again, where is John David Washington's Oscar for this? When he comes out of the shadow, the shadows, the bushes, or whatever, and he's looking at these targets that look like stereotypical like black children or mm-hmm. whatever um with whole bullet holes in them and the mm-hmm. way he touches the target and walks away it's like mm-hmm. <sighs> heart re- re- yeah wrenching yeah i think again it's just like the depth of the hatred here yeah. and these symbols that those symbols, if we go back to Birth of a Nation, which we'll I think we'll touch on here in a second, and Gone with the Wind and those car- and some of the cartoons and media in the past, and even people still, you know, wearing blackface and Halloween costumes and stuff mm-hmm. like that, all of that iconography just kind of wrapped up in these targets, you know, yeah. these targets uh, that they're shooting at. Um yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about, so we get all the way up to Ron, fake Ron Stallworth, be, uh, David Duke's in town. It's their initiation or their Yeah, he's being initiated. Or their yeah. whatever. Um, he's being initiated and Ron yeah. gets, the real Ron Stallworth gets assigned to David Duke as Bodyguard. his security. Yeah, mm-hmm. his security. Um, which I think is a just kind of a way for us to get him at the event. Like he has at to the be event. there. Yeah, so we got to get him there somehow. <laughs> But I'm just like, I mean, I agree that it did, it did seem right for the story and everything for him to go, but it also seemed like in real life, it was a bit of a stretch. I would have been like, they're going to recognize my voice. This is really like unsafe. I mean, Felix, we didn't talk about this, but Felix actually showed up at his house. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Patrice and saw him. It was like a, it was a bit of a stretch, I think, in the story for him to have been there. But I'm glad, but he had to be there, so I accepted it. I accepted it was important for him to be there. Yeah. Also, I think we were just, we were just supposed to count on the fact that these guys are literally so dumb. Yeah. That they wouldn't notice. Although Felix does, of course. Felix does. Felix, the suspicious, 
suspicious yeah. per person he is. Yes. And so they're intercutting this initiation with Harry Belafonte at the student union, talk, mm-hmm. giving a very detailed uh, and grotesque story about lyn- a lynching. Mm-hmm. And the again, the editing here, this movie should have won for best editing. The, but the the story the comparison between these groups the way that the the lighting the the difference in the lighting and the color of each of these two groups the way that these guys are hooded they're in the shadows mm-hmm. and and everyone at the student union is like standing together in this kind of community space and ever no one's hooded or anything like that yeah. and they're all sharing in this pain together yeah um and we're cutting back and forth between these two groups. It's just a really powerful scene. Yeah. And I and I, and again here in this initiation, I think you see Flip. This is where the mask slips a little bit when they he takes his hood off, mm-hmm. and David Duke's there with the water or whatever fucking weird ritual shit that they're doing. Then he's you know you know initiates him or whatever. You can see that anguish. Yeah. He doesn't want to be part of this. Yeah. Even for pretend. Yeah. Ugh. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, I mean, I first of all, can't imagine playing it like as an actor, but to be a cop pretending to be a real KKK Clans. person. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. Um, yeah. So afterwards they have a little luncheon. And again, there's always these reminders that it's like the clan is easy. It's easy to pin everything on the big bad here. But all the white people people are a part of the problem because we're panning over. So the clan's there. They're having their luncheon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're panning over all the wait staff. Mm-hmm. And the white women during David Duke's speech are smiling. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we know what they're smiling about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily that they agree or maybe they're just they're smiling because they're, obli- they're oblivious. oblivious or they're not thinking about it too deep, deep, deeply, but the black people are like, fuck this shit. Fuck <laughs> this. If I, one person says, if I had known this was a clan thing, I would have not come in today or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So things get a little tense at this luncheon. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, one of the other pe- pe- people there actually knew Flip as a cop. Yeah, he put him away. He put him in jail. Uh, Arms robbery. For, yeah. Okay. And he, so this man who was put in jail by Flip tells Felix mm-hmm. who he actually He's is. He's like, this guy's a cop. Mm-hmm. And F- Felix like then looks at the real Ron. And he starts and to put the pieces at, together. Mm-hmm. This was very tense. This yes. whole scene was very tense. And then they like kind of talk to Flip a little bit, but then. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about the Polaroid though, Sarah. Before, before the lunch. After. Was that before? It's before. It's before. before this happens, is that okay. Ron. The real Ron. I. This scene was so great. The real yeah. Ron Stallworth is like, no one's going to believe me that I was your security today, Mr. Take a picture Can we take me. a picture? And then he gives it to Flip to take the picture. And you can see that Flip is like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. <laughs> what in the fuck are you Flip doing? He's like, don't fucking touch me. 
but you yeah, know, well, he has say, to do that for the that. part. Yeah. But I also yeah. think he's internally like, like, hey, what in the fuck? Um, yeah. And he, when he takes the photo, Ron puts he, his arms around those guys and they get so upset. And it was so gratifying for me. What I don't understand is why David Duke would allow that to happen. He Because he's the hubris, Sarah. He'll stand next to the guy and look uh, ups, like and look grumpy about it, but he didn't expect to be touched. I know the hubris. God, and he was like, you, like he was so mad, and he was like, mm-hmm. "You have no idea what you just did." Um, and he's like, "Try me, I'll have you thrown in jail." Yeah, and and the clan is trying to keep up appearances, so he doesn't yeah. want to start a fight at the luncheon, so he's yeah. gonna back down. Yeah, and Ron knows it. I am afraid like for the rest of this movie i'm afraid for ron's safe safe safety i'm afraid for ron's safety and flip's safety honestly now we had seen the movie so we knew what happened but the first time we watched it i am afraid for their safety from the moment that lie detector test comes out i mean obviously once they get embedded with the clan i'm uh, i'm concerned but from the moment that lie detector test comes out i am on the fucking edge of my seat for the rest of the movie Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to Flip? What's going to happen to Ron? When Ron is at the luncheon and Felix starts to put the pieces together. Also, we know that Connie has a fucking purse full of C4 mm-hmm. and that she's going to go down to Patrice's house and leave a bomb on the porch. Mm-hmm. Where Or the, at the student union, I guess, is was the plan is to go where Harry, Harry Belafonte is. But Ron and Flip have kind of outed their plan already. So there's too many cops around for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So this investigation, besides uncovering some clan members in the FBI and the FBI is not willing to even help them go deeper with it. Um, they, in addition, in covering these people involved, they also prevent this tragedy from happening where the student union could have been blown, blown to smithereens by mm-hmm. Connie and her fucking purse. A white woman's purse is a fucking weapon. It really is. Anyway. So back to Felix. He's putting the pieces together. I'm going to let you take 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 that back up. So he's they start Felix and the guy who was put in jail. Ivan. By oh, Flip. the other guy. Um, what is his name? You keep I talking. I'll find out. I'll find out. Um, they start to poke at Flip, and then someone comes and interrupts them. How do they get? In- well, in- what happens is Connie calls. Connie is supposed to be at the uh, student, Black Student Union dropping off a bomb. And so they're at lunch and they're trying to outflip in front of um, David Duke. But um, what happens is, I'm trying to look for this guy who plays the other character. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think his name might be Steve, that guy. Anyway, it's inconclusive. Um, what happens is that Connie calls and and Felix has to go talk to her on the phone because the the plan they have to go to Plan B. Okay. That's what interrupts. Them. Okay, okay. And that gives and Ron sort of sees what's going on and he realizes, oh shit, there are, something's about to happen. I need to go find Patrice. So he's he leaves. Flip stays at the lun- at the lunch table for I don't I, what that is, that is some balls of steel. Because I feel like as soon as he called me Flip, I'd be like, well, it's been great, guys, but I'm sorry. I can't stay for I can't stay for dessert. Uh, my mom just called. I got to go. 
I got a dentist appointment. I'd be out of there. And and David Duke even asked him, why did he call you Flip? And he said, that was a name that I had. That was a nickname in prison. And they're not buying it, really. And then he's like, excuse me. (laughs) I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And he runs out of there. Because uh, I think he probably maybe would have stayed a little bit longer. But I think he sees that Ron left. And that, yeah. and that, feel well. He sees that Felix and Ivanhoe le- and the other guy left, and now he's like, "Shit, something is up, and I gotta and go." It's too. good that he left because when so Ron gets to um, Patrice's house, right? Well, Connie is not able to fit the C four in the mailbox, mm-hmm. so she leaves the purse uh, under the wi- uh, the wheel of Patrice's car, which is like, why, like, why couldn't? Um, she just le- leave it on the porch. The the the, the, like, the the purse. I I can only imagine that as a white woman, that purse meant a lot to her, and she didn't want it to get blown up. Okay, that's all I can guess. I mean, they told her to leave it on the porch, but she does not leave the purse on the porch. She tries to put it in the mailbox, but then Patrice starts show. P- Patrice arrives with her friend, yeah. and then Connie has to leave the porch because she doesn't have time to find a hiding spot for the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think in her mind, she's like, I'll just hide and wait for them to come back out and then I'll blow up the car. I think that was her plan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ron's right behind her. Mm-hmm. Tackles her. And mm-hmm. then like the worst mo- 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 moment in the film, um, for me at least, is when a couple of white cops come mm-hmm. on the scene and just assume that he's this that he's assaulting her. black yeah. man who is assaulting this white wo- 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 woman and and they start beating him, mm-hmm. yeah. And it just is a re- rem- reminder of the world that they live in. That even if he is a cop, he's and not even safe. if she is a criminal, he's not safe. He's not safe. Yeah, he's. It's always going to be her. They're going to believe her over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Felix and his gang show up. Um, and they are they have the trigger. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that she put it in the car. And they're right next to the car. Right next to the car. In a bit of poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, blow themselves up. They blow themselves up. Uh, Patrice and her friend. So they are fine. They get knocked to the ground. Um, well, the, the two men in the car are not fine. No, no, no. The guys in the car get blown up. But Patrice and her friend are fine is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, and about that's around the time that Flip shows up. Yeah. And and says is, he's a cop. You Get fucking off him. idiots. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um and, that, and they it's, believe him cuz he's white. I know. But also there's this moment where Ron says to Flip, "You're late." And then yeah. I was like, oh, I wish we had more movies with these guys. Like I want to yeah. see more I want to see more movies with Ron and Flip just like taking down the white supremacist system. I want more mm-hmm. of them. I want I want to mm-hmm. see them together more. I wish we had yeah. more. Um, but yeah, in the end, uh, Connie gets arrested for <laughs> terrorism. I can only yeah. assume, uh, probably won't see too much time because she's a white woman. Uh, Felix gets blown up. Um, it doesn't look good for the chap, the KKK chapter there. So not, you've not got some David stuff Duke. about the ending. You want to talk about the ending here? We get a, a we get a fake out happy ending. Well, there there are some things. There are some things. So yeah, there's some good things happen, but there's a very. I feel like Spike gives us like a here's your fucking happy ending, you guys. Yeah, but at first, right? Okay, so here's here's the here's the 
happy ending. So uh, racist cop Mm -hmm. gets called out because he they record him saying yep. that he could get away with killing black pe- pe- people he wouldn't be and it's caught. almost absurdly positive this part mm-hmm. of the movie where everybody's mm-hmm. like jokey jokey happy and i think that's on purpose yeah uh and oh no i know the police chief real- comes out and they're like we got you motherfucker yeah. you know and yeah and i'm just there. like i turned to my dad and i was like yeah except that in real life like they still get away with it. Like, yeah. And I mean, nothing would happen to him, but yeah, in this moment we've got, we're going to take down super racist cop. And then what else happens? And then, um, Ron calls date, 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 David Duke and like outs him. Well, actually that's after that's after, after that's at the very end. So what happens is we get the faux happy ending, right? Uh-huh. And then they and then Ron walks in. He's fucking high five and everybody. They're cheering him. They did a great job with this investigation. And they sit down. And the police chief says, "We've had some budget cuts. We gotta. Oh yeah, we gotta cut this invest. We gotta. We're, we're you've prevented this bomb from going off, but there's no credible threat here. You guys yeah. have the the cross burnings have stopped. Yeah. Joe Biden's been elected, guys. We don't need to do anything else. Yeah. And Ron is not happy about it. Flip." None of them are happy about it, but the 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 white cops are not going to stand up and say no. Like we need to keep doing this. They're yeah. going to go with what the boss says. Yeah. And Ron is angry and he walks out. That's when the phone starts ringing. Mm-hmm. And that's when he decides, well, the one because they've told him not to contact David Duke. And he, the last thing he's going to do is now he needs David Duke to know like what a fucking what a fucking moron he is. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'll let you take that part. Yeah, no, he. I mean, I'm not going to say what he said. But, no, 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 no. But uh, he basically re- repeats what was said earlier about how bl- black people talk versus wh- mm-hmm. white people and kind of says the thing that, that David Duke said that he would know he was talking to a black person if the person said it like this. or And he goes off like of a list of slurs. Yep. Also, I didn't. We didn't talk about this, but anytime Ron is on the phone laughing with other people in the precinct at David Duke, I cackled. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that was all so good. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he yeah. basically is like talking to David Duke, and they're like, he's like, "Gosh, you know, like I'm really sorry about what happened. You know, that's terrible. Like, what a loss to the community." And then he basically drops some hints. And you can see as David Duke's face just processes what's yeah. going on. And finally yeah. he's like, fuck you, you yeah. fucking idiot. And he slams the phone down. Yeah. It was yeah. very satisfying. Very so we satisfying. get that. We get a bit of a happy ending. We get a bit of it. But then Spike Lee is like, but look. But hey, guys, white supremacy is, is a fucking problem. This and it's not world. going away. Because Patrice and, and Ron... Not only does the investigation get closed, but they get a, cro- a, a cross burning right outside their house mm-hmm. to let them know the clan knows where they live. Mm-hmm. And then, and Spike Lee was, I, I listened to an interview with him about this film when the movie came out. And he had said, we didn't really know what, how, how should this movie end? You know? And I think he knew that it couldn't be a happy end, like a full happy ending. Because yes, they take down this one problem. But the problem persists. And mm-hmm. so, and then he's like, and then I saw the footage from Charleston. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and then I knew this is how the movie should end. 
and it it is it's it's hard yeah and i think that i am guilty in some ways of once trump was out of office i didn't forget about this stuff but i did kind of get caught up in my own life and go you know what i can breathe for a minute at least there's some grown-ups in charge now and I, I let myself become a little complacent. And then this whole thing happened in our very own backyard where eight people were murdered by a white supremacist. And it's like, this stuff doesn't stop. It doesn't rest. It doesn't go away. And I think that's what we're left with is like, yeah, we're really, it's great that this one, that this guy was able to do this thing. That's great. What are we going to do about all the rest of this shit? <laughs> it's not going away. They don't so even pure. feel like they need to wear hoods anymore. Yeah, no. I think that was very because there was a lot of uh, a lot of photography, a lot of emphasis put on these hoods, and I think that was in part to show that these guys were afraid to hide to show their true identity. But also, these men and, mar- and women marching in the streets, no hoods on, the 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 these saying these horrible things. They don't fear. They don't fear being outed in public. They want everyone to know how much they hate. They want everyone to know what their stance is and they're not yeah. afraid and we need to make them afraid. Yeah. They need to feel like they're, they've been emboldened by having one of their own in the white house and it, mm-hmm. we shouldn't, that should not be allowed. And again, no. this is uh, the duality of America. We, we want to tell ourselves, well, this isn't us. We're not that we're not them. We're um, Donald Trump as president. That's not us. But guess what? It is. Mm-hmm. It is us, and it has been us. I don't have the answer of how forever. to change yeah. that. I don't want it to be forever. I don't have the answer how to change that. Uh, I think we can start by listening and acknowledging yeah. the, these stories and acknowledging our our role in them, and yeah, trying to do better. But we're not given any solution. And the film is not responsible for giving us a solution. No. But anyway, any final thoughts here on Black Klansman? I really love this film. Mm-hmm. And I think that everything that it says is important. And yep. I think that, yeah, Spike Lee, like, didn't coddle, didn't no. reassure um and nor should he no he should not but he entertained yeah this movie is entertaining like he taught us things and there's like a lesson but we were also entertained but it had humor it had heart you know it it, um i don't i i I, the craft of the filmmaking here is sublime yeah, I also And I'm wanna... not saying that I need to be entertained in order to hear this stuff, but this film takes you on a journey and takes you on a multiple multiple layers of emotions in addition in addition to giving you a story that you need to hear. I will say I want to jump back to my actual fa- favorite part of this film. Mm-hmm. Um it's in the dance club, mm-hmm. nightclub mm-hmm. with where all the 
all uh, of uh, the Stu students. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing that the, the Black Student Union went to it's a club. After, yeah, it's after um, and the they're, they're singing and dancing to, I believe I'm Falling in Love or some kind of yes, soul yeah, yeah, yeah. music from the, the, the 70s. Yeah, the popular, popular song from that time. And it's just so joyful joy, yeah. and so free. And it just, they just look like they're having so much fun. And I just think that's so great that he include, include, included that in this film after they were pulled over. The resilience. The yeah. And the fact that it's like, in a way it's, it's beautiful to see that joy, but in a way it's also like, God, the, this is so commonplace for yeah. them that if yeah. you stopped every time something like this happened to you, you would never be able to live your life. No. Uh, so the choice to live your life in spite of. Mm-hmm what this this what what this system is trying to do to your your life your life and your personhood yeah is no i just loved that scene yeah i don't know i just thought it was great yeah okay um i think it's time to to get into some thirsty moments i think you know this is a beautiful work of art this film uh this film will be remembered for its for what it is and i think green book will forget about it 10 years nobody even fucking know what that movie is honestly um and for a podcast that is about two women who are thirsty for adam driver there is a there's a lot to take in here there's a lot to take in. Sarah, would you like to go first? I actually abstained from thirsty mo- 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 moments in this film because I, this film did not make me feel thirsty okay. in the least. Okay. Um, especially his char- 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 okay. character. Um, That's fair. I didn't feel co- 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 comfortable th- thirsting after his character um so okay. i just didn't um well i'll just give the thirst for both of us then yeah because i sure did uh okay. i think that you can respect this film and uh what it's about and still appreciate how beautiful how uh, just the beautiful adam driver ness of it all i think you can have both i can have my cake and eat it too and you know what i'm going to yes please i'm so i i want to hear what yours yours well we've already touched on it so i actually have four things that i wrote down i could have wrote wrote down more but i I stopped at four um so i'm gonna go with uh we've touched on a little bit but the wardrobe um the flannel shirts the um the button downs the sheepskin jacket i love it all (laughs) um also, I wanted to pinpoint a moment the moment um when Ron gets off the phone the first time and Flip just swivels his chair very, a very slow, slowly. A slow turn. Yeah. That's some good stuff. <laughs> uh I also want to thank Spike Lee and his cinematographer for all there was a lot of beautiful profile shots in this movie. I don't think we talk enough about Adam. I mean, I know the internet does, but we haven't talked enough about Adam and how, how beautiful his profile is. You don't think so? You're making a face. You- uh, I guess I don't really like his nose. I love I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's unique to him. Uh, 
And I think there's a lot of really beautiful profile shots of him in this movie that really are lit well and just really accentuate all the best parts of his really striking profile. And so I want to thank Spike Lee for that. Okay. And then lastly, I just want to go with this the general big dick energy. <laughs> Flip, Flip has big dick energy. You know? And it's just like radiating off of him for this whole movie. How, how the do you swagger. define big dick uh, energy? Um, I think it's like I think it's like the 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 swagger there's a little bit of sw- like he's restrained but there's like this confidence that he's gonna go in and do this really scary thing but he's gonna commit to it and that at no point is he gonna let himself be intimidated by these fucking assholes yeah i just like i that's interesting because i really got kind of a scared vibe from him the entire time like a like a, a hesitant timid mm. kind of i did not the get the opposite that. of big, big dick energy actually a kind of like uh someone who wasn't fully in control or in charge or mm. kind of had to go along with mm. the motions had to go along with what he was being told to do interesting um i did not i don't feel that way about that character at all um i certainly feel like he's complicit in some things in the uh which we we discussed but i think that it's i think that for these two men to go into the fucking hornet's nest is very brave was brave the real guys that did it and it just narratively in the movie it's very brave of them to go in there and to go in there and be for flip also to go in there and to be this to play the part of that awful person and be set, have things coming out of your mouth that are slurs about you, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're all egocentric and we're thinking about ourselves. I think that takes a lot of big dick energy. So I just want to applaud the big dick energy generally. As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. Do you, are we ready for some Adam and Andy trivia? Yes. Adam and Andy, a trivia contest for one. Yes. So Sarah's going to give me some trivia in some kind of configuration. We some don't really know what it is. This She is... changes the rules on me every week and I, I love it. Do. I, I love do. it. I'm I love so it. Sorry. Um, so this is a legitimate Adam or Andy. These are legitimate Adam or a- Andy quotes. So you have okay. to pick. So these which are real. One. You're not tricking me this time. I'm not tr- tricking. Okay. I swear this I'll is believe you. I'll believe you. I'll believe so you. So this is. I'm going to give you three quotes. Okay. And you have to decide which ones are Adam and which 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 ones are a- 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 Andy. Got it. Okay. If I had a penny for every strange look I've gotten from strangers on the street, I'd have about ten to fifteen dollars, which is a lot when you're dealing with pennies. Okay. Wow. Okay. Self-expression is just as valuable a tool as a r- rifle on your shoulder. Sh- 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 That's Adam. Mm-hmm. That's got to be Adam. Last one. We don't understand why we're here. No, no one's giving us an answer. We're lit, 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 lit. It's just vague. Your parents can't help because they're just people and it's all terrible and there's no meaning to anything. I think the first one is Andy. I think the second one is Adam. 
And I think the third one is Adam as well. Correct. I got it. You yes! got it. I feel like that nihilism are... could only come from Adam Driver. I think that the, <laughs> the ones I picked, I, I like the quotes because they're like cool mm-hmm. quotes. But like, I think there are pretty like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I also think it in a way thematically matches with the movie as well. Cause it's all about like how other people are seeing you and the world. Nobody's going to sweep in and save you. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Awesome. That was super fun. Thank you. Hey. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. <laughs> okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Uh, okay, shall we spin the wheel? Yes. So we did an Adam film. So mm-hmm. now we got to do an Andy uh, project. So let's see. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Let me just make sure I've got the right thing pulled up here. And I think you be happy with this, Sarah, because I got a little treat for you this week. So what's on the wheel this week? <gasps> Yay! Well, what's on what's I'm on the sorry, wheel? Never stop. Never it's just stopping. Never stop. Stopping. Never stop. Never stopping. Is it? Yeah. So I just put pop star. Never stop. Never, never stopping. stopping. Over and over and over again because it's about time that we watch it. And you know what? Yeah. I I like to leave things up to fate, but sometimes you just got to push fate a little bit. Yes, I love it. So we're going to be watching I, pop I star. I wanted to watch this for years, but my Me parents too. were like, bad. And you know what? Did you see that interview? Somebody put it on my Facebook page. One of the things I love about doing this show is that I am now the person that people have to text pictures of Adam Driver to and Andy Samberg and videos and like interviews. And Andy was recently on. What about on- me? Well, what I, about me, people? I don't know. Come on, Sarah, people. Sarah, please. Sarah wants you to send her. I'm thirsty too. I'm not as thirsty as Nicole, but I'm still thirsty. I think you're just as thirsty. I think you've got inner thirst, and that's just as important as outer thirst. So please, everyone, send Sarah something Adam or Andy related today. She needs yes. it. She needs it. We, we need that it. pick me up. Uh, somebody sent me. I think it was my friend Aaron who sent me a, a link to a vi- an uh, interview with. Uh, Andy on the Stephen Colbert show mm. and Stephen Ooh. was ra- just ra- ra- raving about pop star Palm and how ha- oh pop star pop okay. star so he was on there to promote Palm Springs but uh, oh, okay. Stephen was like I had never seen this movie and now I've watched it like a hundred times which one pop star pop star what? he said it was like the Stephen greatest Colbert? thing yeah he said it was like the greatest thing and he's like I keep singing the songs in the shower he's like I fucking love this movie so I, I was like Stephen Colbert I'm excited excited I did. So, uh, plot synopsis or, or logline, I guess. When it come becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. That is pop star, never stop, never, never stopping. stopping. Uh, so that's what we'll be watching next on the show. Uh, Sarah, uh, as always, I've enjoyed talking with you about this. Um, about these actors who I dearly mm-hmm. love. Uh, and as quarantine hopefully comes to an end soon, this podcast will continue. Yes. We, I think we've talked about this in another episode, but we have, I had figured done the math and we can do this show for like five years. That's how much stuff they have between all the Brooklyn nine, nine and the movies and, all this and the new girls shit and not coming out. New shit. We've, we're not going anywhere. You guys, um, as long as they're alive, as long as they're <laughs> out there, as long as Adam is out there in a boat somewhere, Wearing a blazer and um, and having pastries shoved in his mouth. As long as Andy is out there 
making the beautiful comedy or drama should he so want to do that as long as he's out there being a chipmunk or whatever the fuck he's doing we will keep making this show um keep showing up we will keep showing you. up we will keep showing up for you and for us because we need this just as mostly much as you for do. us mostly for us um you can f- uh, find us on uh social the socials um we love talking to people about adam and andy so please tell us what you thought about this episode or any of the other episodes any uh suggestions uh for films or tv or videos or anything that these guys have done that you want us to cover on the show um pics of adam on the set of house of gucci we'll take it all uh we are uh at adam and andy podcast on facebook and instagram and you can find us on twitter at adam andy pod um sarah i feel like we should go ahead and pick a date when we're going to hang out in person. Um, on the air? On the air. So that you can't back out of it because everybody has heard us. But I don't back out of <laughs> I know. Things. I'm just joking. I know you don't. Um, so I'm getting my shot on the 15th, which means you must be getting yours on the 16th. Hopefully. And so two weeks. Unless it's a. Uh, wait. Two our, weeks from that. Well. Our, would be the 30th. Yes, so April thirtieth. Um, I've already made my appointment for the second dose. Right. Okay. So if I get the same shot as my dad, it would be April fifteenth. But if I get a mm-hmm. different one, it would be the week before. Oh, the week before. Well, week, I'm not getting the shot one. until the fifteenth. Yeah. So I think the earliest we could hang out would be the thirtieth. Yeah. Or so like May, May gonna, 1st would be a... Oh, uh, you want to do May 1st? Okay. I'm going to put it in my calendar. Hang out with Sarah IRL. I almost put hang out with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll come up with a time later, but it feels good to have that. It feels good to have that in the calendar. Maybe we can watch a movie together. 